Jimmy in the wild. <laughs> See, that's what I'm trying to avoid. Super hard. All right, today I just did some coke. <laughs> put on a 24-hour Jimmy Buffett marathon. The wild man. He's not that wild, really. Jimmy I mean, Buffett? That, yeah, he went surprisingly tame for being that wild. When yeah. Jim, Jimmy Buffett was wild? I, I mean, I'm sure I mean, he was at some point. his own way, he was like, wild. I mean, I, I only consider wild like Gigi Allen. That sort of style. Like, Jimmy Buffett's like, oh, he had like a margarita who's wearing like a big oversized shirt. That's wild. Gigi yeah. Allen stripped naked, shit himself, and started fighting with the audience. Yeah, well, I think there's a fine the line. Too. I think there's a fine line between wild man and just fucking batshit crazy. And just completely. That's a good point. You know, yeah. Wild man versus like, you know, just somebody who's wild, who has no nickname. Yeah, yeah. who can barely be called a man at that <laughs> point. He's more beast than man. <laughs> He's a fucking adjective man over yeah. here. It's wild. That's his name. It's be- the Beast. <laughs> the Beast. No, what's his real name? Nobody even knows. No. Nobody knows at this point. Uh, Dude, so beastly. There was a guy in my mom's hometown whose nickname was The Wolfman. <laughs> the wolf, did he turn into a wolf at night? No, he... Um, he basically, he was like a that? Vietnam veteran who came back a little crazy. And all he, all the time he spent was crazy, huffing like. gold paint. So much that his skin gold? constantly... Yeah, gold paint, because apparently it got him the highest... But apparently he started. <laughs> That's something you like, find out yeah. through years of experimentation. Yeah. Years of huffing different metallic yeah. shades of paint. But right. he just had like apparently his skin got covered in like gold paint constantly, and he'd just howl, just go like, Aah! and they just called him the Wolf Man. I mean, that's not a. I mean, that is characteristically wolf-like. Yeah. I thought maybe you were gonna say he like ate neighborhood cats or something. Yeah. <laughs> Might have. Fuck, I don't know. He, he, he probably had like to have happened once or Dude, twice. Dude, for my mom's hometown for being called Comfort, Texas, a lot of strange shit went down. Like, um... They had I a, think, dude, strange shit, especially in Texas, might yeah. only happen in towns that have names like Pleasantopia and yeah. Hoodsville. Welcome to Pleasanton. It's a nice little town on the border. By the way, we also have the horse rape capital <laughs> of the U.S. <laughs> Both uh, horses getting raped and horses delivering rape. <laughs> Both it's equal, it's equal opportunity horse rape. Early on in grade school, we learned that there are as many as eight horse rapes per second so is this in the county. Interspecies horse rape? Or is this horse on horse it's rape? Actually, it covers animal, <laughs> mineral, whatever. <laughs> anything. Every They're, time a horse fucks a geode, <laughs> it dude, gets recorded in the log. The weirdest I've ever seen from video of that was there was a horse that got raped by a weeping willow. And that here's the seems, weirdest, weirdest part. The weeping willow stopped weeping. That, that seems like that's the a sort tree. of shit. So I can only assume that that rape took decades. Yeah. I mean, was this or it was like a 28-year rape? Yes. It could have, I suppose, just been struck by lightning and just kind of fell onto the horse. <laughs> fell into the horse, Fell if you will. into the horse, yes. Does the horse have, like, a gargantuan asshole? It does you, now. This is your, Maddie, this is your story. Yeah, that's true. You're the one who witnessed at least a periodical that said they saw somebody <laughs> who saw this. To if, quote, I basically came up with the animal mineral thing from a quote from Blackadder. There's this guy called the, they're the black monks of something, and he's like, you see, Black Adder, I am a colossal pervert. Be it animal or mineral, I'll do anything to anything. <laughs> anything to anything. Maybe that should be the show title. Anything to anything. Any, I'll do anything to anything. 
Or we could call it. We could call it. I don't know. Horse did. rape mineral edition. <laughs> Dude, that, that's a bit much. Think about it. What if, like, say it becomes on the internet and gets popular? We're gonna have a bunch of Jap- Japanese people going, "Where's the horse raper?" Well, I think the first they'll be outraged when they f- learn it's just audio. Well, they think like, yeah. I hear no. <laughs> that would be. I mean, there's not. I mean, no one's to say that that kind of audio won't be on this. That's I true. Mean, it's bound to happen. At some <laughs> point. If they look deep enough, maybe yeah. they'll find it. That's when they found out that Rich, whenever he sneezed, sounded exactly like a horse getting anally penetrated. (laughs) 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 Alright, before before I forget to do it, I will do some kind of intro. Okay. So I'll just say something like... The Lounge. (laughs) Yeah, I want to call this place Lounge something something... The Lounge a something... The Loungatorium? Loungnasium, I think, came up. That was, yeah, that was Loungnasium. Sorry, I was in the middle of something. I will do some kind of intro. I have to say, my, my name is Zach Coffey. I'm joined here by Maddie Motez and Rich Smith, if you all want to. Hello. Maybe maybe introduce yourselves. Yeah. Okay. I'm Zach Coffey. And I'm Matthew Motez. Matthew, see, that's I would have, I was stomping all over it. Yeah, there you go. We might as well just start the whole thing over now. I'm yeah. Rich Smith. That's Rich Smith. And uh, yeah, we uh, we gather here today, hopefully weekly. That sounded really sermon-like. Yeah, that was. <laughs> that I thought like that I was, was going in another direction. I thought I was going to get really gospel-y. You guys didn't even know you were going to get surprise surprise sermon. Oh God, there's going to be Bibles just under our seats. Check under your seats. You have internal salvation. <laughs> we were. Uh, that was like an Oprah giveaway. Check yeah. under your seat. You get a Bible, and you get you a Bible. You get a Bible, and you get cast into perdition. You're all going to <laughs> hell. Oh, you lie. Oh, you got the you got the red ticket under Who your seat. Who is a Jew? <laughs> oh, <the> Oprah. <laughs> that I think that probably happens in a lot of your shows anyway. Yeah. Just points out Jews in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> a common occurrence on the Oprah anti-Jew hour. Just steps out. Her show, the, the, as she calls it. The first five seconds, just walks out. You! <laughs> Jew! That's, it's all cut from the air. <laughs> like seven or eight out. old yeah. women and men are escorted off of the premises. <laughs> I just, when I read the book, I just wanted to get a free prize. Get out, Shylock. Oh, Whoa. God. Oprah. Why? Okay, um... Yeah, I guess to to kick it, to start it off, I just wanted to ask you guys what uh, what your experiences with with podcasting as a phenomenon are. If anybody has anything, what is a podcast, Maddie? I wouldn't know. I don't. I've What's only your, heard. What, what would be your guess? A uh, podcast would probably be some sort of radio esque program specifically geared towards putting on your iPod or being subscribed to your iPod so you can get it weekly. That's that's good. That's awesome. That's I mean that honestly I can say before I did a mild bit of research, that's what I thought it was too. When they say podcast, I thought it was mm-hmm. iPod related. Okay. What do you think? What do you think, Rich? I really couldn't tell you. Like everything I've ever heard from a podcast has either been one of two things. It's either been like a business putting out one to kind of like tell people what they're up to. Like I I think Blizzard used to do one for like World of Warcraft and stuff like that. Yeah. And then the other thing is Basically, what we're doing now is kind of talking about random bullshit. Totally, yeah. yeah. I mean, you see big. There's big companies like IGN. They have like seven thousand podcasts. You Dude, know, IGN has like seven thousand of everything. That's true. Like, they pretty much stomp all the media. Yeah. Hey, we're bringing back carrier pigeons. 
IGN. <laughs> IGN brings you flap, 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 flap your nuts here. <laughs> A service by IGN. IGN, yeah, but- stop. Listen to our report. Stop. We're a good company. Stop. This, this telegram brought to you by Gears of War 2. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be that. Just IGN, stop, please. <laughs> please I stop. thought it was an, a, an outright address to IGN. Yeah, that's, what I, that's where I thought that I was. Love. Yeah, it, it turns out podcast, it stands for Portable On Demand Broadcast. I, I would have never known that. Yeah, I didn't, see, I didn't know, know that. that. I mean, because the, the iPod explanation is equally likely. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. In this era of yeah. iPod mobility. I honestly thought it was iPods because that's what I've always heard. It's like I got a podcast on my iPod. It's like <laughs> that's been, they all, yeah, yeah, it's true. Girls between the ages of seven and thirteen always say it like from that. from the south, from the from the deep south, always talk like that. Yeah, yeah. really. Most most people I've encountered from the deep south are like, "What's an iPod? That kind of some kind of voodoo bull liberal bullshit." That's that's girls between the ages of seven and thirteen from the deep south. Yeah, yeah. They taking are. swigs of wild turkey. Yeah, they sound like they are heavy fucking smokers. Yeah, they're really burned out. <laughs> Dude, the whole South is going to shit, man. It, Just kidding. What, was it Just ever kidding not? South. <laughs> it can't really go. It just was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to talk about two. This is episode... I'm calling this... This is tentatively episode zero yeah. of the thing. I don't want to call it episode one, lest we get into some sort of horrifying trouble and then we're all killed. Yeah. I mean, then it will, no, probably, I could just call it episode 88 if I wanted to then. We'd yeah. all be dead, who's gonna, you know. Just call it Time Wave Zero. We're in 2012, the Mayans are right, apparently. Yeah, we don't have long to make this before we all die, that's yeah. true. No. What is it, December 12th, We should probably start doing these six times a day, if we're yeah, gonna have any. Yeah, like, at least every other hour. Like, every hour on the hour yeah, would probably ex- be a good idea. <laughs> totally, yeah, I mean, because we're gonna be dead by December. Yep. Every hour on the hour. Hey, I'm eating a mango. Ah! This Dead. is a good. This is good evidentiary. I hope that we don't all die. Just the humans die, but then somehow all of our media is left over, and this podcast is still here. <laughs> and then I'm just like, we're gonna die, and then we do die, and I'm right, and somebody finds it, and they're like, they were really sentiently aware of their own demise. Some sapient yeah. squid is gonna yeah, stumble upon this. It's like this yeah. isn't anything like the first sixty ice ages. This, these these people got ready to die. Yeah, they, they were probably knew. all fetal right at the end. They knew I, what was up. I think that I'm pretty sure who is going to conquer us during the 2012 apocalypse, and I just want to welcome our space ant overlords. You're going to be space ants riding Mayans. Oh, that's, the, that's where the Mayans went. Yeah, they just yeah. took a break for a minute. They're on. A, they're 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 coming back big <laughs> with a vengeance. With a vengeance <laughs> on ants or. <laughs> Under ants. Yes. Yeah. Under ants. They've been enslaved by the ants. But, uh, yeah, and then I want to talk about, do you guys have any, I know we talked about it yesterday, or how many days ago was that, like 180, whatever. We talked about yeah. it at a different previous, yeah. even more in the past, to the, to the space listeners, I'm talking about a time even before this time, which I know is already ancient to you, Ooh. space overlords. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I want to talk about a name, a name for this thing. I don't know what to call it. Hmm. Well, the Loungatorium, or the Loungnasium, is a tentative title for this specific for room. the area. Yeah, and there could mm-hmm. be uh, there could be a couple of spaces we do this in. Well, I mean, I figure it's equally. I mean, it's, my place is equally loungeable, if not more so. Yeah, let's. I we could even Two after names. this, let's start lying to people and say we're in the same location. 
Yeah. How, how, how professional do we sound then if we do this from the same place at the same... We're like a TV station. Yeah. Yes. We have a studio. Unless his girlfriend's just in the background. It's like, she's there sometimes. Other no, times we put her in the basement. She's a lounge assistant. I'm sure, it does. I'm <laughs> sure she'll, I'm sure she'll work her way into the media. Probably. Yeah. I'm positive. She's got something to say. She's Yeah, she definitely has stuff to say. <laughs> yeah, she'll be she'll be here. She's gonna be. Well, you're you're talking. You're listening to the stable cast right now. Yeah, stable. But there will be there will be a series of rotational cast. Hopefully, that'll come through here as well. I yes. mean, we've already got the squid and the the ant riding the Mayan. They'll yeah, probably be in well, though, I mean that that's more of a cast of listeners. Oh, yeah. I mean, they probably won't come talk on a mic. I Ooh. would personally be afraid if they came to talk on the mic because if a I sentient agree. squid came up, I've seen a lot of Japanese footage. I know where that's going. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. We're all gonna get penetrated, man. I mean, I thought that was a given. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Maybe that'd be a whole episode, though. <laughs> the the penetration be, episode. I'd be like, I'd be like, well, I'm Zach Coffee. Welcome to the whatever the fuck name we decide. And then the next, the next forty nine minutes would just be like the horrible, the horrible writhing agony screams of somebody being, being forcefully, you know, brought upon or descended upon by by ant. Dick. I was talking about the squids. Oh, squid dick in this case. Okay. Well, extremely <laughs> similar when you get to, you know, your 40 40 40. It's all for the, the same. For the record, though, squids don't have dicks. What they do, male squid to mate, is they'll sperm in their tentacle and they'll run up to the female and sort of Harlem Globetrotter at it into their <laughs> cloaca. Just, they trick and shot it off. in. Literally. So they, she doesn't even have to know about just it. Just as a layup. Literally, the they do that. This. If you watch the Animal Kobe. Planet, just walk up, Kobe, and the woman will be like, "What the fuck, ah, oh, babies?" That, that that's like that. It's like that quick. Yeah, it's like, like oh, he got it on me. Oh, babies. here they come. <laughs> so yeah, that that took a turn quick. I mean, we we're already talking about the mating habits of things. This is good. This no, is I good like start, it. I like right? it. That's exactly what we're here for. Yes. dude. I, t- I watch a shitload of Animal Planet. Get stoned and watch Animal Planet. That's yeah. <laughs> a hop. I mean, that's a past. That's a college thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, that just sounds that oozes college. Just saying that. If I'm 45, then I have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. Nah, I mean, you if might you, be if you at 45 point. is listening to this, uh, or tell yourself this. that you have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting in a basement, eating out of paint cans for some reason, just like I was king of the radio. Gold paint cans. <laughs> yeah. I was king. Gold. Yeah. <laughs> All that gold. All right. But I do, I want to talk about, uh, I think it's been talked about to death in podcasts, but I want to bring it up anyway. I want to talk about The Dark Knight. I know Maddie's into films. Maddie yes. studies films. That I do. Just film a sewer. A kind of film a sewer. A film a kind of film a sewer. Film a Film, film I, I literally to... just walk into Amoeba Records and go, oh, Japanese limited print. Oh, yeah. Eating, <laughs> eating films by the bushel. Yes, the bushel. But I want to. I mean, I mostly. I mostly want to talk about Bane's voice. Yes, of course. You guys. I mean, people fucking are violently dichotomized by Bane's voice. I love. I loved it. I fucking I, loved Bane's voice. Honestly, in the first ten seconds of the film, when he's like, "Who's Superman?" before he throws him out of a plane. I looked at my friend Andrew and just went, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah, and man. then as it built, 
And he was like, he's just like, literally, the dude is so muscular. He looks like he just folded his fat into biceps and triceps. Yeah. <laughs> he's got seps everywhere. Yeah. But he just like, when you hear that voice, it's like, he sounds so eloquent when he's punching the living shit out of people. That's, uh, I think that's why I like the black and white of that. The contrast. Plus, as much as people say, like, it sounds stupid. Let's be honest. I love the Christopher Nolan Batmans, but Batman's voice sounds like he's trying to take a shit the size of a redwood. That's what I'm saying. If you're going to have a problem with a vocal action in a Batman film, in a Christopher Nolan Batman film, get get mad at at Batman. You know what I mean? If anyone's ruining it, this thing, it's Batman. It's It's so hammy. Like, it's it's very, like, over, like, it's over the top. Yeah. Very forced. It totally is. It's just if you you could go back and listen to the the nineties the Batman the animated series with Kevin Conroy doing Batman, <laughs> and you got his difference between his Bruce Wayne and his Batman completely negligible. It's almost it's almost like the uh, it's almost like the early nineties or maybe late eighties Superman show where his only difference between the two was like glasses or no glasses. <laughs> you know, it's whether like, or not he has a giant S across his chest. Yeah, a cape. but with the glasses on, people would still be like, well, "I don't know." Whoa, where'd you get he that Superman? Can't leap outfit. a lot of things. What if his glasses fell off? Like he's just at work and trips, and they fly off. Superman! Yeah, everyone immediately recognizes him. <laughs> oh, he's gonna melt us all. <laughs> We're doomed. Hey, Clark! High five! All right. Oh man, I had never You have to think of... that might happen at some point too. Yeah. Accidentally crush somebody to death. Or what like think about it, if he's so powerful, like he can stop a bullet with his eye. Like he has to go to the bathroom. What if when he takes a piss it just blows up the urinal? Like he's he just, just piss, pisses pissing through the wall. straight into the next office building. Yeah, there's some dude at his desk and the stream of piss just lops his head off. Oh, God. <laughs> I would be more afraid of like not knowing, you know, like just you work with Clark Kent on a daily basis. You're walking by, you're like, hey, toss me that pen. It just impales you with it. Blows <laughs> like a basketball-sized hole in your chest. <laughs> How horrifying does that have to be? Because at that point, you're probably still not even convinced he's Superman. He's just Clark Kent, the super strong like newsroom guy. Clark Kent, that what he fucked up murderer <laughs> that you worked with. His fucking demon spawn from hell. I tried playing basketball with Clark Kent and my boys, and he lost, and then he fucking spun around the earth, made us go back in time, and then won. <laughs> he, what wanted, a... he said, do overseas, and he leapt into the sky. Man, I just, I'd think about it like, Clark Kent lives in, like, what city do they live in? Metropolis or some bullshit name? Metropolis. 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 It's literally the name that means big city. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, it's, Gotham. No, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. Gotham Go- was a cool city name. Gotham's well, a cool city name. It sounds like a city, but Metro... Uh, well, what I was going to say is, like, you have to keep in mind, this, like, Superman is far earlier than Batman, so, I mean... Right. You could get away with a lot of stupid shit in comic books. Yeah. Because, I mean, they weren't really expecting adults to be reading those things you know yeah his name was superman yeah he didn't even like, have a thing to be modeled after it was yeah. action comics comics yeah, with action you know that they might true. as well call it comic yeah. comics yeah plus there was jimmy who was su- superman's sort of sidekick but if you actually if you go to a site called superdickery.com you can find out that um superman has threatened or 
deprive Jimmy of the things he needs. Like, there's literally three comics where Jimmy's crawling through a desert and Superman's standing there with a pitcher of water and Jimmy's clothes are all ragged. He's clearly dehydrated. And Superman's like, too bad you can't have this water, Jimmy. And then the next comic says, best friends. And it shows them having a picnic. So apparently Superman is incredibly bipolar. Like one day he's like, hey, Jimmy, great day. Other day he's like, Jimmy, I'm going to force feed you your own pelvis. He's like he's like the Robin that just gets shit on. Yeah. I mean Robin Robin took his own shit onings, I think, yeah. over the course of the years, but I think most of his shit onings came from like other people though. I don't think Batman did yeah, too villains much. Always had an eye for Robin. The I mean Joker. he just he straight up gets beat to death. Like yeah. uh, like when he dies, it's not even in like a poetic or clever way at all. He just gets beat to death with leather pipes. Yeah. Or leather pipes, lead pipes. Yeah. Like yeah, it was a, like it's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> and then he gets blown up. Like they actually had the comic they actually had on the back. You had to call two numbers, and one number says he lives. One number says he dies. Choose more your people, own adventure, if you will. Yeah, yeah, more people called that he died. And then the creator one day he was at a bar, and the guy behind the bar was like, "You're the asshole to kill Batman <laughs> or killed Robin or something like that." Robin, Robin. <laughs> this guy talk, you killed Robin. Ununderstandably, <laughs> you killed Robin. Aren't we in New York? Wouldn't you like the nose? <laughs> oh God, he's transitioning. <laughs> he doesn't know what country he was actually born in. He is a vocal changeling. It's funny that he gets killed due to how much America. And probably other parts of the world just evidently hate Robin. Right, yeah. Just like, fuck that kid. He's got to go. We got used to, over the years, getting new Robins. Yeah. Robin was always getting replaced. They were like, yeah, next, next Robin. (laughs) I'm tired of this Robin. I feel like there was a point, like, maybe in the late 90s, mid-90s, where they just started killing people. Yeah. Like, they killed Superman. Captain America. And he came back. That was a popular move to make in comics. Even lamer somehow. Like, I don't yeah. know if you guys remember that. The electric Superman with the mullet and the spandex. Oh, I mean, yeah. Sort of. I remember vaguely in the mid-90s, yeah, it was, it was the low point terrible. of comics, there was, there was two yeah. Supermans. <laughs> there Superman. was four at one point. Damn. So I remember Superman burst into blue Superman and red Superman. Yeah, that's when he was electrical. But before that, there was supposed to be like this big... I don't know, thing about who was going to replace him. This is all and, following the death of Superman. Yeah. Which is extremely, still an extremely famous run. Yeah, yeah. Where they killed him. The he first, gets killed maybe not by the first time, but the most Doomsday, famous time. I think. But so there's Black Superman, which is basically John Henry. And is I think that he's. Steel? Yeah. And I think his name in the comic book is actually John Henry. I think it might be. His name, and he goes by Steel, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And then. Um, and then there's little kid Superman, or like Superboy. I, I don't remember. He was like no, a, an angsty even... like twenty something guy. Right. And then there's like Robot Superman, which is like a complete asshole and actually kind of more of a villain. Interesting. And then there's like a fourth one that I don't remember at all. I Bizarro think it, I, Superman. No. no, I think it was like. No, I was gonna say I think it's just Superman, but no, because the robot Superman was just like exi- like it was supposed to be a robot built by Identical Superman to the DNA. Yeah, like I I think the story was, and I mean, don't quote me or anything, but yeah, like yeah. It wrote like Superman builds this robot in the eventuality of him dying, but like it apparently just goes haywire and is like a total dick to they've everybody. Al- they've alluded to the fact that in the in the 
in the cave, he has, in the Fortress of Solitude, he has robot butlers. Yeah. I think they've alluded to that more than once, and I think they've overtly, they've gone so far as to put him on screen a couple of times. But he builds hymns, yeah. both to defend the place when he's gone and to just do Alfred-y shit for him <laughs> while he's there. Here's an important question I've noticed with a lot of comics. Why can everybody in comics build robots? I think at one point the Joker built a robot of himself. The like, Joe, dude, the Batman the Animated Series, the Joker was constantly building Joker bots. Yeah, that is true. There's whole obstacle courses Batman and Robin have had to go through just of Jokers with two Thompson machine guns, and they would have to destroy like 700 in one run. <laughs> so Joker the- was a robot fucking prodigy. Yeah, I just don't understand that. Like, he lives on a fucking dock that's built out of like an old circus. Does he, like, just go around, <laughs> I'm going to take this Ferris wheel and construct a working death machine. Yeah, a working exact clone of me, the down to the thing. skin texture that fools even Batman. And Batman's a fucking brilliant detective. Yeah. He's punching through, like, Oh, shit, this one's a robot. This, I mean, this one's a robot, too. <laughs> <laughs> just sound, it just sounds like Assy McGee now. <laughs> Talk about talk about guttural Superman. You guys, you guys familiar with the the Dark Knight source material? You know Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. I I read it and I was not a fan. Are I, you I'm kidding not me? Familiar with it now? How do you not like that? I'm sorry. I think Frank Miller's an insane right wing asshole. What does really? that have to do with the? Top? See, I don't know that to be true about Frank Miller, but oh. I know that he gave us Sin City. That is true. And he gave us, he gave, the Dark Knight, the, the, the source material for the Christopher, mm-hmm. uh, arguably the source material for the Christopher Nolan Batmans now. I think, obviously, he deviates, he's kind of an amalgamation of Batmans, but, Rich, if you don't know, the, uh, the Frank Miller Batman, he did two. It was graphic, they were originally four-run comic yeah. books, and then later on, now they're a, they're a trade paperback. They're a cover, two okay. big books, two big graphic novels. And in Frank Miller's Batman world, Batman is, <clears throat> he hasn't been Batman for 10 years, which sounds a lot like Rises, you know yeah. what I mean? He's pulling from those, and he's in his 60s. Oh, wow. And he's just like, the, 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 the picture they paint, the portrait they paint in that book is that he's just like this, he's not exactly abandoned his, his old Batman morality, but he's, he's like deviated so far from it that he's, he's willing to kill again, which is a big one that Christopher yeah. Nolan still observed. That's huge. And then on top of that, he kind of not fell out of shape, but by the time you see this Batman, the cover of the first book of the first uh, Dark Knight uh, Returns, which is the first book, which is weird, the Dark Knight Returns is the first book. It sounds like it's a sequel. Mm-hmm. But he's like this absolute brick wall of a man. Oh. His shoulders are like, he's got to be as wide as he is tall. It's insane. And he's in his 60s. He's just like decrepit beyond reason Jeez. in his face. You know what I mean? It's, the cow doesn't fit anymore. It's all like bulky and it's 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 crazy as fuck. It's dark though on a level that no other Batman artists were willing to like, you know. And that was yeah. the dark, the darkest of the Dark Knights, if you will. I think that was like the ultimate. I don't know how you didn't love that book. I don't know. I was just. I, well, how do you I, feel about Alan Moore? You know I like Alan, Alan Moore. Moore. I actually, now that I think about it, I've never actually read the Frank Miller one. I read a different one that was one of the basest of Batman Begins, and it was a, like, it, I don't know, it just kind of was... 
Batman Begins. Oh, um, that's the that's the one where he's like in the future, right? The cartoon. No, you no, think that's Beyond. Beyond. Begins oh, being the first one okay. in the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Yeah, I see. It's right. where Batman at one point is looking at a mirror and going, "Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Oh, peanut! <laughs> <laughs> Batman finds his voice, if you will. Oh, okay. Now I know what you mean. Like, I, that's like the whole reason I didn't even bother to see the th- Dark Knight. Rises because the new just the voice. No, I mean they they. T- I was told that if I watched the third one and hadn't seen the first one, that's not gonna make any sense to me at all. That's true. I mean they they correlate in a really impressive way. I think the second and third one are way more interrelated than the first and the third one. Really, there are obviously elements. It's it's interesting to me, man. Like I always felt like in the Christopher Nolan trilogy, that first one compared to these these latest two feels like a completely different director directing a different movie in a different time. Definitely. Like, it feels so far removed, and some people like it more for that reason. Mm-hmm. But he just he has this, like, borderline obsession with grounding it in reality, which I think he kind of takes to the logical extreme. I think he's, like, too grounded in reality. Like, there was something that Tim Burton's Batmans had going for them where he didn't... He's not at all interested in grounding Batman in reality. Yeah, they were like yeah. just the side of being a cartoon. Absolutely. And then there was Joel Schumacher where he's like, we're going to add nipples. Yeah, it went in a funnier... But they, I mean, it, talk about walking the cartoon line. It went yeah. even more cartoon at that point. I and mean, compl- shit, you put Jim Carrey in anything at that point in time in Jim Carrey's career, and you're walking the cartoon line. Right, you know? that one was a living cartoon. Yeah. Stand me. Yeah, he was the mask at that point still to yep. a lot of people. Yeah. I like that movie. But, um, but basically, if you don't like Frank Miller's Dark Knight, you are a blasphemer. <laughs> and and a a world walking heathen, motherfucker! I read Hellboy. That Hellboy is I mean that's darkish. Heckboy. Heckboy. Yeah. What are you doing here? All right. Fine. Right. You, you want a dark comic? Scalped. I'm no. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there aren't darker comics out there. I'm saying this is that was the darkest take on Batman. Yes. So much so that it inspired the Christopher Nolan ones. You know. That is what, true. One that I liked that kind of had to deal with like older heroes. But I, I, um, I think it's called Old Logan. I haven't read the thing in its like entirety, but it's basically Wolverine when he's like super old. Oh, and it, Logan being his first name. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's it's crazy, dude. The the I ha- I've like skinned the last half of one of them, and it's him basically going after the Hulk. But the Hulk, like it's like I feel like it's got to be a separate timeline because the Hulk has basically like sired this clan of like like las vegas hillbillies and they're all hulks but they're all cannibals it's like it's crazy dude insane yeah yeah Yeah. i I actually read that and i remember there's a scene where they pull up in their like hover truck and they're like we don't like you wolverine and they like beat him with pipes and they beat the shit out of him and then they're like you're pathetic and then they leave that's like the only part i read but that looked really interesting. It's an interesting glimpse, I guess, yeah. Yeah. That sounds sick, yeah. I like I like my superheroes aged. I want to see them past their prime, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh. it's an it's an interesting like thought cuz I mean, when usually when you see them, they're like these perfect apex predators, you know. Absolutely, yeah. And then you see them as old and it, you kind of realize like they're still pretty awesome, but like they've definitely got flaws and weaknesses yeah. now. Um, I I don't know remember what it's called, but there's this one comic I read where it was um, it's basically the far off future. It's like 
Marvel Apocalypse or something like that, or Marvel Future. But it's basically um, the Hulk has become like the by the gamma radiation has been evolved so much that he's literally a giant green gorilla. Like he's stupid <laughs> as hell, and That's he's got funny. this kid who like has a mental link with him, and the kid rides on his back, and basically the entire world is mutants. Everyone's a mutant. The only last living person is fucking Tony Stark, who's holed up in this like metal ball underneath the Earth's surface because there's like a nuclear explosion that mutated be, everybody. He's holding out the yeah. anti-mutant antidote. Yeah, yeah. he's like, uh, who's the guy who did the Spruce Goose? Howard. Howard Hughes. I think? Howard Hughes. Yeah, yeah he's like Howard Hughes. Hughes. He's sitting there with a beard and fucking long right, ass nails, going, "I'm the last man." Insane the in his, just drowning in his wealth. Yeah. yeah. Well, so how how wealthy are you when you're stuck in a metal box fucking underneath the surface of the earth? Are you kidding me? He could you're, he could buy some money out of his money stash with his other money. <laughs> and, and at that point, since he's the last person, he's literally the richest man alive. But all his transactions yeah, are with himself. I mean, yeah, he like, could have a penny at that he could point. Take it to the store and buy, you know, whatever the hell he something wants. Something will shit on him. That's it, what he can buy now in this yeah. world. Well, uh, another good part is they're all like. It shows all the people, like at one point, all the old superheroes have to get together. So there's this one scene Classic. where it shows Spider-Man come out, and he's in his, like, fucking 60s. And he's wearing the same costume, so his beer gut's hanging out. Nice. And he's this fat old man, he's just like, And he's, wearing, he's wearing the old, the old Yeah, he's wearing the old one, costume. and it's fucking, like, it's basically, like, imagine a fat kid trying to put on a small Spider-Man costume. It's that. He just looks like it looks like a really old drunk dad. Yeah, <laughs> took, his, to, took his son's Halloween costume. Went on a rampage trying to get more Schlitz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, also there's a part where um, uh, I know I'm keeping on this topic, but uh, there's a part where um, it's uh, Jean Grey, yeah. and Wolverine are married, and they've become like That's this something, fucking something they've always hinted know, at. They've yeah, become this fucking hateful couple. <laughs> <laughs> so, like they're just sitting there, and Logan's sitting at the table, like the table, and he's talking about since he can regenerate, he can't die or age while he's sitting there, fat and fucking balding. Like he's got the hair, but he's got this big bald spot. He's, and like I was figured, I figured growing hair would be part of regenerating. Yeah, yeah evidently I figured he not. would just look. But then again, I guess he had to like be born as a baby and then age. Yeah. Into he's got to age, you know. Yeah, he yeah. does have the gray hair. Like he has the gray hair, and he's kind of. Looking haggard. It's weird though, because if you think about it, it's got to stop at some point. Because yeah. I mean, he's yeah, looked like that since like 1945. Yeah, exactly. You know, but like, and how long was he a fucking youth before that even? Well, I mean, may, no, maybe he. I think he grew to adulthood at a regular rate. Well, I think they hint sometimes at the fact that, like, at least in in X Men, I feel like they hinted at the fact that a lot of the time your your um like your mutantness doesn't really manifest until you go through puberty. Everybody has late late onset powers. Yeah. Like yeah. Rogue. Yeah, Rogue was being the one you follow the most. Yeah. Have to deal with that, at least in the, I mean, as far as the film. But I feel like they, they, they just, like, stated at some point, like, there aren't any kid mutants or something. I don't it's know. bullshit, though, but there are kid mutants. Yeah, I mean, but I think he, what he's saying is there, there's, there's a, a tendency towards late yeah. onset mutants. Yeah, that's true. That's actually, that makes sense with other stuff, like, uh, 
like bone diseases like gigantism or the stuff that Andre the Giant had. Some kids are born looking like that, and he just right, looked yeah. normal, and it just kept going until he was like, anybody want a peanut? Yeah, I mean, to make the <laughs> human correlative, obviously, yeah. yeah. Well, he was a mutant. Yeah, I feel but like, I, I feel like yeah. on this, uh, this comic topic, we're, I don't, don't want to say talking out of our element, but... I'm a little out of my element. I feel a little out of my element, too. Let's yeah. move on. Let's talk about... <laughs> me and Maddie want to talk about... Uh, I mean, I think we all wanted to talk about it. Yeah. I want to talk about it. Yeah, I know. That you film, want to talk about it. Uh, Joss Whedon's A Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Talk about a, talk about a paradigm shifter. Oh dear God! As far as films are concerned, not, not maybe not a paradigm shifter. I'm not saying there's going to be a bunch of copycats who come mm. and do this film, but I'm saying like, as far as somebody who's willing to, you know, push the envelope. Yeah, get a get a nail underneath the uh, the skin of the inner workings of a film and take a look at them. I'm gonna say it. Any movie that invents. A very specific gas, like in Watchmen with the cancer gas. Cancer gas, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Like, just think about that for a moment. This man invented can- cancer in an aerosol spray can, so you could just walk down the street, <laughs> lymphoma. Well, I think, I, I mean, they in that, though, it took a while for that to, to work. Yeah. They didn't just cancer everybody up, and then the next day they were cancered out. It took, it I took a little while. I you could probably just spray plutonium in somebody's face. Like, that sounds like something you could actually do in the real world. Yeah. Like, just throw some plutonium at a guy. Yeah, Matt, give you him might a, be able to get cancer spray today. A probably. lethal dose of radiation just in a can. Just that is true. Yeah. Like, and then uh, just tell him that it's, you know, some sort of... Magic. High-end, smells-like-assholes perfume. Just pay no attention to the glowing it's, it's particles. It's purely pheromonal. It smells bad to you, but the opposite gender, and also minerals, will love it. Ignore the gum bleeding. If I could just say from experience, those pheromone sprays do not work at all. <laughs> experience? Is that experience getting, like, oh, I guess if it doesn't work, you're not going to talk about a story where you were attracted to somebody wearing pheromonal spray, huh? No, actually, so, I was making a joke, but now that I think about it, I ha- I do have an experience with pheromonal. Oh, sprays. that's interesting. It's uh, it's like a perfume. It's, yeah, it, I'm, not, I'm not gonna to, lie. I've seen them. I've yeah, seen them around as well. Like I've I've smelled it, and I don't know if it's like me thinking I'm supposed to be attracted to it, and it's almost not like a like if I could explain it like briefly, like it's not. And this is like a female thing that's supposed to attract males, right? Right. Yeah. Um, like, it's not like a, oh, that smells good. It's like, you almost don't even, it smells weird kind of, but then right. like th- things start kind of like triggering in the back of your head and you're like, wait, I'm like kind of getting in a certain mood now. You're like, Stop. I want to, I actually want to fuck this party platter. Yeah. Like <laughs> things are happening. It on. Yeah. Like. Stop. Boner time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it really is. You're like, whoa, that's kind of a weird smell. Like, whoa, shit. Like, like this, I think, the, I think things I'm are happening. It. I think I'm smelling it with my brain stem. Yeah. Ex- think, exactly. That's I a think very my good word. Alligator part wants to hump. Mr. Nose does not like it. Mr. Powder. Penis is a fan. But again, to reiterate, <laughs> I don't know if it was the actual pheromone doing that or if it was just like, because I knew what I was smelling. Right, like, yeah, I that knew might be the, the, it might be a, like a placebo effect. That, so. that might be it. Yeah. I don't know. Pavlov's dogs. No but a, a cabin in the woods, Rich, you didn't see it. I did not. I wanted to, but I mean, I know I we were hinting seen... at the plot. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm fine with. But um, yeah, I, I wanted to see it. I just haven't. I haven't really been keeping up on movies in general. I really wanted to see Prometheus and haven't seen that either. I, I yeah, I'm actually into that. I didn't. I didn't have any interest in it when it was 
when it was trailering around, but now that people have seen it and people I trust opinion-wise like it, I want to see it. Nice. Uh, I'll show it to you guys sometime. But um, for Cabin in the Woods, are we allowed to go full frontal, if you will? You mean are you gonna you're gonna rub you your dick look. on the microphone? <laughs> no, I think he means I've already spoilers. been doing spoilers. Yeah, that's spoiler true. I have seen him. He's been doing that. Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. Yeah, talk okay. about. Well, it's, I was gonna I was gonna explain it to him. Yeah. No, you can go ahead. I'm totally fine with it. Zach, I give you the floor, and I by that I mean your comfortable seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but basically, Rich, what happens in the film? You start you start following the, you have, you're introduced to this cast, which is like you know the film. It begins on like. It starts like most horror movies. You, you're introduced to this cast, and you can tell that they're all kind of like prepping to do some sort of adventure teenage thing. Mm-hmm. By the way, one of them is Thor. So they have the, the yeah, and one of them is Thor, by the way, <laughs> which is interesting. I don't remember the cat's name. The actor I don't is. remember either. I feel like I just, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to Slack Jaw McHandsome Pants. That's it. Know. His name is Slack Jaw McHandsome Pants. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, he's in, and they're all. That. They're a little bit mold-breaking when you meet them. You have these jockey guys who are, like, not that jockey. Mm-hmm. And then you are introduced to these girls, one of which is, like, out of the gate hinting that something about her has changed because she dyes her hair blonde. And that's, like, literally in the opening sequence. But they, they're all hinting that there's this thing they're preparing for. They're, like, all getting, they're getting done with their daily shit to go do this thing. And they have, in one of the most possibly potentially cliched horror movie arcs ever they're going to this cabin in the woods in the woods (laughs) but it's uh you know of course it belongs to a relative who recently acquired it and they're so they're you know they're gonna have their their sweet like sexual fueled escapade i mean they're not hinting at that originally but they do they're headed there Yeah. yeah and so you follow them all the way there and there's some weird i think of the the first weird turning point probably the thing that tells you that this probably is going to be unlike some horror films you've seen is they drive through this tunnel. They have to they have to clear this mountain to get there. And, uh, well, no, I guess even earlier than that, they run into this gas station. They're trying to talk to this guy, and he's just super cryptic and weird. <laughs> and he's just like, they're in a relatively modern, you know, the world is as it is. It's present day. Yeah. yeah. But this gas station is just, like, pulled from 1641. It's a, basically imagine a horror movie and they pull up and it's like, don't go into young woods. They're going to kill you. So it's like every old man in overalls. Like, yes. Like that's basically it. the guy Literally. from South Park. That's all. Like, yep, a lot of history on that road. Like, that might even be the wardrobe. He might have overalls on. <laughs> he did have overalls, but he had that like dirty jacket. You see all those stereotypical. And he had some skin condition that... Doesn't well, I mean, have a name. Cryptic guy <laughs> has to have some sort of condition. Right, you know, he's whether, creepy guyism. Whether it's like a skin. milky eye or like thin hair. <laughs> I mean, they've got to have something. Fucked right. up teeth. And he was he was he was on display. He had all of that. Nice. But he warns them, and then they drive through this uh, this tunnel. Their road tunnel. So it goes in one side of the mountain, comes out the other. You know, mm-hmm. it's all eerily lit and shit. But you follow them, and then the camera pans super wide, and you see. In the in the general direction in which they just headed, a bird is also flying, and it's like this eagle, and you're like following it pretty majestically. Yeah. And then the motherfucker just like looks like it hits a bug zapper. Whoa. But like a bug zapper that you couldn't see, so it just slams into this invisible bug zapper and gets fried out of the sky and just falls to the ground. 
So that's probably, I think, that's where you're hinted that something. Yeah, that's definitely like an, awry. an ominous wasn't, hint. Wasn't there the control room scenes first too? Yeah, I mean, you might be right about that. Actually, yeah. it's been obviously we watched it. Yeah, we watched two weeks a while ago at this point, but I think there is. You you start to get introduced to this cast of characters that's in this 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 white sanitized control room, and they seem to be really aware of what these characters that you saw previously are doing. They seem to know what these teenagers are doing for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and that's not really clear. I don't think at the outset, like why they know. Yeah. Yeah. But then you follow them, and they get into the cabin, and they're they're settling in in their very teenage way, where they're like, you know, they all arrive, they bust into it, and one guy's like, "Let's go to the lake," and the other guy's like, yeah. "I'm gonna do some homework," you know, and they have the, all their little their quips, and then you see that that they keep going back. They mention this control room more and more. It's like I think the frequency with which they introduce this control room like is increasing exponentially as the film goes, to the point where at the end they're actually. They converge at the same spot. Okay. Yeah. But like before that, you see them flapping back and forth. They're A, being between what these control room guys are doing and what the teenagers are doing. Mm-hmm. There was the famous scene with the gas station attendant when he calls the control room. Right. And he starts talking in all this cryptic, pseudo-religious stuff where he's like, the young lamb's blood will be spilled. And the people in the control room have him on speakerphone. And they're all sitting there... And he's like, am I on speakerphone? And they start (laughs) laughing uncontrollably. And he starts like, all right. He's like, you're off speakerphone. And he starts doing the same thing. He's like, oh, come on. That's so rude. He's still still on speakerphone. The whole room is laughing at him. Uh. But that was funny. And then there is, it's like Joss Whedon did this thing. He's like making, he's like out of the gate. He's like, oh, here's some cliche shit. And then he starts making fun of the genre like, He's immediately like poking fun at the genre, yeah. which is what like, I think is cool about. The he's movie making all the way. fun of it and also explaining it. Like, as one spoiler, but I think we have to talk about it. The let's split up gas. Right. Let's so split up gas. These, the, the kids get there and they're all kind of they're they're defying their stereotypes, if you will. But mm-hmm. you can tell as it goes, something in them is changing, and you're not really sure why. But they're basically like. They're 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 form fitting the archetypes you always see in horror, which mm-hmm. is the the jock suddenly gets jockier, but both of the characters you're originally following is two guys and two women, and you're following two three characters, guys. three guys. It's a nerdy black guy who gets nerdier, right? The big jock. Oh, who the gets stoner! Jockier, I forgot about the stoner altogether. But the stoner is very stony from the beginning. Yeah, well, he, he, he's a fucking stoner. He's introduced by driving Hi. into the scene with a bong that's just in his lap up to the roof of his vehicle. <laughs> and they're just like, you can't do that! And, he's, and it collapses into a coffee cup, which is really cool. That <laughs> is the shit. Like, goddamn, that's awesome. Yeah, but he he starts to get even stonier. And then the two guys, the other guys that aren't the stoner, were both jocks. They're both on the same sports team. But one of them, for no reason, is just like, ah, I think I'd rather, uh, I think I'd rather work on this this something he put i think he busts a book open oh. he finds a book and he's just like a book and then he and then he realizes that he brought his glasses with him and he puts his glasses on <laughs> so it's like you see this jock who just like they're both equally jockey one of them gets jockier and the other one starts deviating into feel like the, the like intellectual yeah. archetype totally nerds they, out they even mention it like the stoner guy is the paranoid stoner but he starts realizing stuff like he's like what the fuck is with this guy talking about, like, pounding brewskis? I mean, he's a philosophy major. Yeah, that's what you learn about the jockey guy. He's a philosophy major <laughs> by trade, if you will. Yeah. 
and he's he's getting jockier, and then the the girls start doing their thing too. One of them starts to just be really like slutty. super, yeah, super hoary and slutty, <laughs> and the other one is going the opposite way. She starts to get super naive. Virgin. There's actually there's a scene towards yeah. the end or towards the towards the end of you finding out that something is awry, but there's a scene towards pro- probably close to the middle of the film where the chick is just like with the nerdy kid and they're about to like you know get it on in a way where he's just reading a book and she's bugging the shit out of him you know getting mm-hmm. it on nerdy getting it on and uh, <laughs> and he's like he's like hinting that they should do something and she's like oh, I've never done this before and then she literally stops herself and goes wait yes I have <laughs> like, <laughs> she, like she forgot <laughs> and then the jockey guy is just like getting slowly meaner to the other kid jump <laughs> bro yeah, and he starts to get like, and that's that's fucking Thor. Yeah, so it it was funny when we were watching it, we were just constantly like, he's like, just fucking with the nerdy kids, like, nice book by the hammer of Thor. Yeah, <laughs> to Asgard. That's like you're obsessed with studying and by Valhalla's word. <laughs> like he was just dropping this. By the too. one eye of Odin. By Odin's single eye. <laughs> but yeah, he didn't actually bust in his Thor's character. Made me sad. Cause he did I, we... carry Milnor the hammer. No, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't carry yeah. the hammer. That would have made that movie a lot more interesting. Yeah. More hammer smashing. More, yeah. More Thor smash. More yeah. lightning. Well, a, lot, a little bit a lot more lightning. Yeah. It was a fair, I mean, there was some lightning. There was some lightning. The bug zapper thing looked like lightning. Yeah. That, that more looked like it. I remember it being like... A wall, like it go, like it have bars of color, like it was orange and blue, and kind of would right. Sign there was the other orange up. in it. You could tell it was hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I well, thought they, I thought it was more like an octagonal grid. Yeah, it was a grid. Yeah. that's what it was. It was a grid. But anyway, you learn later that's a big force, a big force field that's around this this enclosure that this old old attendant, this gas attendant, corralled them into, where the cabin property actually is. That's the part I don't get. Which relative of theirs was like, oh, I just bought this property. It's there, this cabin. I've never been mm. there before. But it if wasn't. you go there, gas stations are from 1641. No, there like, honestly, no. there was no relative. They even explained it at one point, I believe. They said it's like there is no relative. Like, it was literally the control room and the gas station and attendants falsifying some bullshit. Oh, and being okay, like, so they were... Come on down, your cousin... Jerry. Yeah, they were being led the whole time. Then. Yeah. Okay, were. that makes sense. But um, so anyways, on the topic of, uh, what was it? Split up. Let's split up gas. Let's split up gas. There's yeah. a particular <laughs> scene where basically the control room people are trying to kill the kids with horror monsters. Like, there's a scene where they're having a betting pool. And on the wall are all these monsters, like leprechauns, yeah, zombies. Yeah, you see this immaculate yeah. table of possible arcane horrors. Yeah, it's, and they're betting. They're like, I got 30 on mermen! And some guys, yeah. like, the, one of the main guys in the control room is like, for once, I'd like to see mermen. Yeah, they're hinting that mermen never comes up. Yeah. <laughs> all the possibilities, mermen is the most yeah. underappreciated somehow. But it was it was the zombie family that got unleashed. Because there's, oh, there's these items. They, they like, they roulette into it. It's yeah. like something, I don't I actually remember the process by which they go the, about it. Those items, there were all the different items. Right! Okay, that's a crook, that's yeah. a crux of the movie, too. That was really cool. There was the, they had the box that brought the sort of Hellraiser-y guy. I don't think they said what, well, I don't think they, I mean, I can guess that that's what that would have done. 
No, but they did show it later when they saw him in the room. They hold it up, and he looks at it. Oh, he has the box. Yeah, he, yeah, he has a copy of the box, and right, the nerd, okay. the, the stoner. The box would have been him, then. That would have been him. I can him. bet you the conch shell would have been mermaids. No, the conch shell was the merman. The book about the cannibal hillbilly zombie family. The book brought, was a journal. Yeah, yeah, it was a journal talking about, like, I feel he like had we've... the husband's bulge. Yeah, I feel the like we dove too deep there, but basically... Yeah. What happens is they all get corralled into this. So they start getting there. They start getting more archetypy, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're doing this thing where they're like, they're playing truth or dare, which is like the teenageriest thing you could do. Yeah. But then there's like one chick makes out with a moose on the wall. It was a wolf. It was a, a wolf, wolf head, head on the wall. Yeah. And we were prepared for like that thing. I thought gonna... it was going to bite her face off. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently it didn't. And the tongue just... is like super real looking. Yeah. It's it was gross. Just flapped and she's when just she was like, licking it. She's fucking eating it. But anyway, so the cellar door just opens up out of nowhere. And they're all just like, whoa, cellar door. Evil Dead like, style. And then immediately. Just, just like, Kong. Yeah. Chun. Without <laughs> skipping a beat, somebody's yeah. like, dare you to go down there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. immediately. I literally think it was the exact same cellar door as they have in Evil Dead. Like, that exact same one. I would not be surprised at all. This movie is not without its references. I, I could very I mean, it well just be. Whedon. It kind of sounds like it's all references. Like, it that's is, the whole point yeah. of the movie. Yeah. That Hellraiser one, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I thought that was an underappreciated horror movie. I, I I have to say my favorite scene, this is delving a little deep, Okay. but or one of my favorite scenes was the Japanese horror homage. Oh, that yeah, there's a good one in there. quite good. They didn't really yeah. hint at how that might have been unleashed, but I'm sure there was something in that, but in that was, cellar. I just, I, I have to say, I thought it was really funny seeing a middle-aged man in a white shirt with a top black tie staring at a monitor with a bunch of little Japanese schoolgirls on it going, Fuck you! Mm-hmm. Fuck you! <laughs> that was funny, yeah. And then there's another there's another crux of the film. You find out that these people, this mon- this control room of people, are somehow responsible not just for what these teenagers are going through, but they have monitors that show you other supernatural phenomenon going around in the oh, world. Shit. Actually, what they were... um. Yeah, I'm being Dr. Know-it-all, but um, what it was actually was they were the control room for North America, and all the other monitors were other, like, offices. There's, right. like, the one in Germany with the giant ape, and it just said failure, and the video just shows a burning dead ape. Yeah. <laughs> and then Japan. Man, the heroes won in that one. Yeah. No, but they were, like, talking about that. They're like, ah, fucking Berlin fucked up. God damn it, we gotta do our shit. That sort of thing, like yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So there, yeah, I think he's right. He's, he's definitely right about that. They were watching the other kind of studios who do what they do in various stages of either success or failure. So they basically set up like if it's a successful enough movie, just they could potentially just like pump these things out. Probably they could. Yeah, and it, at first I feel like they're trying to tell you they're trying to lean towards this explanation that somebody higher up than them. Is telling them to do this, and I, I know I early on my hypothesis, I was theorizing that there was somebody wealthy who was making them do this, not making them do this stuff, but creating this kind of drama for their own personal. You know, they wanted to watch it. Yeah, Hostile. or maybe, or maybe that's how they were packaging horror films to yeah. the masses. Was actually doing the shit. Because like horror films are an actual thing. Oh, yeah, and that, I, I kind of thought that was kind of meta-breaking when they did that. Like, yeah. I was like, oh man, that'd be cool. I, that's a cool idea, Whedon. Yeah. All the horror films are actually shit that actually happened, shot on multicam. Oh my god! You actually watch those people suffer and die and die. It's yeah. terrible. But they go, they go on, they continue, and they get. I mean, they they allude to you that the things in that 
in that basement, in that cellar that they found, all served a different function to activate some sort of ancient evil. I see. So like, and so there's one point where they're actually all holding an individual. Like this, this girl has the journal. The guy's holding the cube, and he's like about to press the solve button. Oh. There's a girl about to finish putting on a necklace, and this <laughs> other dude, other dude is about to blow on the conch shell. <laughs> so they're all moments from activating this this thing that could theoretically destroy it. But the girl reading the journal is the first one to speak, and she goes, "Hey guys!" And like everybody immediately, conch shells like, "What?" And the <laughs> necklace girl is like, "Oh!" Like what? lifts it up. There was a part. There was a scene actually before that. I remember where the stoner guy is like, he feels like he's being watched, mm-hmm. and he tears a camera out of the wall, and the people in the are like, and "That's not until wait. That's not until after the zombies hit." Really? Yeah. I thought it was before. No way. He is the first one to mention though. He yeah. goes in the cellar, and it's literally like. They what skip the fuck some footage, are you guys doing? and then so there's one girl down there with a flashlight, and she screams at something, and then it flashes like a bunch of nothing happens, and then they're all down there, and he's like, "Why did we all come down here?" <laughs> he's, like, he's the first one to mention, yeah. like, "We might like when did we decide to do this?" And then so they they unleash that ancient horror. It's this. It turns out to be that that hillbilly zombie family. Yeah, one of them has a husband's bulge. That was the journal, yeah. yeah they had a lot of old-timey... There's a lot yeah. of old-timey language in there, but it was basically this these stories of this husband getting, like, all liquored up and beating the fuck out of him and, like, all kinds of hor- horrific stuff he did in life <sighs> and how they all died miserable. And mm. it's just, like, written from the perspective of, like, the youngest yeah. daughter. They're, like, cannibal hillbillies who are all religious and there's, like... But then they're also undead. Yeah, they're undead now, and one of them <laughs> uses, like, a bear trap as a weapon. Yeah, like he's he throwing throws a bear it. trap on a chain. Oh, yeah. God. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. What else is there? There's the little girl with the one arm. She sucks. She doesn't do shit. And then there's, like, the guy with the hoe or some sort of farming implement. They all have very hillbilly methods of torture. Yeah. But they, uh, they get out. They bust out of some graves. Yeah. Which you learn later are actually, the graves had elevators underneath them. <laughs> so they were actually like sent to the surface. Yeah. And they come back. The first guy to see them is Thor. He's running around outside. Because so he's wait. like, I'm going to go take a jog or some no, shit. No, no, because him wait, and his wait, girlfriend wait. are having sex. So are these things like actual supernatural, like undead things that they just keep chained up in some like dark basement yeah. somewhere? In fact, we'll get to that. That's yeah. actually pretty cool. Culminating in one of the best... Oh scenes. yes, but uh, so they sent those up, and you're right. He in the super typical teenage horror film method, they decide somehow like, oh, let's go in the woods. Now that we're in the woods, let's have sex. <laughs> Didn't know they got gassed. Remember, they went outside in the woods, and the people in the office are like, turn up the heat. So they turned oh, yeah, they up got the pheromone gas, pheromone oh, gas, and God. turned up the heat. So they take their clothes off, and Zach would not let go of the fact that they had the technology to raise the heat of an entire deciduous forest. Yeah, they made a deciduous forest hotter. <laughs> how do you how do you control a biome like that so completely? This technology could be, I'm just saying, better utilized maybe in other places besides killing teenagers. Yeah, and but um, we learn later, no, it couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> It's the ultimate good, what they're doing here. But, <laughs> yeah. So they do that, and then they, he sees them. Chick gets fucking gored up. I think yeah. she's the first one gone. No, I think he gets hit, and then she gets grabbed, and her head, she gets her throat slit. Yeah, you think he's gone, though. He's the first one to get taken out visually, but he doesn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
He's just kind of like, hey, guys, I was under a stairwell. He comes, yeah. he comes back, and he's run into the cabin to warn everybody. He makes it inside, and he's like, you guys, we got to barricade this place. We got to stay in here. Nobody do anything. Stick together. Get some weapons. And then at that point, in the, what I think is the ultimate turning point in the film, there's a guy in the control room who hits a button. No, they they first they comment on it. They're like they're saying not to split up. Yeah. And they press a button, so Thor walks by, and this they're, puff they're, of gas hits him in the face, and he's like, "We should split up." When they're you're combating. <laughs> they don't want to. They're not. They're trying not to get corralled to their deaths, and they're mm-hmm. like, "They're not cooperating." <laughs> split up gas. It's gas that you could. It'd be perfect for annoying ex girlfriends. I think we should go back together. Or I annoying think we should... annoying current girlfriends. Yeah. I think yeah. we should split up. Be, I, 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 <laughs> I think thought be you more might guess that yeah. or say that. Yeah, but that I think that that made me laugh. Like among being one of my favorite parts of the film is like the most interesting thing I think that happens is just this idea that all like characters' actions that you've been watching in films are secretly manipulated by all gas. the stupid things that people decide to do in horror films are actually manipulated by guys. Like yeah. every time there's a bump and that one guy is just like, I better go check it out instead mm-hmm. of staying here in this easily defensible position that's totally safe at the moment. He probably got sprayed by check it out guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh God, that's horrifying. Do they just have a basement in the chem lab of different gas cans with labels? Like, let's check it out. What was that? You guys stay here. I'm going to go you ahead. You guys stay here, Gas. That's perfect. I'm going to go take a shower, Gas. <laughs> hey, let's skinny dip. Inappropriate shower, Gas, is a good one. It, yeah, that's a good one. That'd be dope. I, just, I mean, among the other gases I would love to actually possess. Yeah. Those are pretty good gases. But that, and then, you know, horror ensues. Yeah. They're getting chased by the things. That's I think that that at the point is when the guy, the stoner, first discovers a camera. Oh yeah, because they go to their respective rooms and then they lock themselves in their rooms. Wait, let's split up. Wait, yeah. doesn't he discover the camera and then get pulled through the window by the fucking zombie man? Those happen close to each other, but more moreover than that, he's in the room and he starts to think to himself. He's like, as soon as he's he's split up, he's out of the gas. He's like, why do we do that? And he's like, it's funny, the theme, the, the motif of the stoner character is that he's so paranoid in reality, he carried it with him to this place, <laughs> and he's the only one willing to, like, step out of his character and, like, look at it and be like, this is fucking stupid. And so he's laying in the bed, he lays down, Yeah. and then they, he, something, he, over the course of the film, he keeps getting spoken to by this whispering voice, which it turns out is just a guy on a microphone screaming <laughs> to the whole biome. And he's just like, he tells him to do something. He's like, go outside. Yeah. And the guy's just like, no, I won't. No, I'm not going to go outside. Like, he's talking to it like he can actually, like, it's <laughs> in the room with him. And then he's like, he's freaking out about that. And, like, he discovers, he's looking through the bookshelf, I think it is. Yeah. And he starts, he sees a little pinhole camera. And he pulls it and he yanks it and he's following it. And there's a whole cable that goes up out the ceiling. And he's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> He's like, I'm so like, I'm so angry. I need to tell everybody. But first, I guess I'll go outside. And he's just like, I guess so I'll. <laughs> finally, the the, the the secret advice hits, and he has to go outside. Oh man! And that's and then obviously he, you think he's out of the game too. Yeah, he gets basically attacked, and all those blood sprays up, and you're like, well, he's dead. Yeah, he's out of the game. And then they keep moving on, and everybody's slowly, you know, they're getting one by one out by happenstance, by chance. Yeah, I think one of them. I think it actually is the stoner guy. He ends up 
I mean, to skip a lot of material. A lot of material. It's a very pretty standard. You gotta, you yeah, gotta I mean, leave the Thor. We don't want to blow, like, the whole yeah. movie. Pretty standard horror fare. Yeah. In this midsection there. I think there's one thing we should say that'll... Uh, it's the fucking um, Evil Knievel. River. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yes. So they start to figure out that this deciduous forest has something against them, and they're gonna escape, right? And they're gonna leave in the vehicle they came on. But what... How does he have a fucking moped? Because he has it in the back, and they're driving through the tunnel, and then they blow the tunnel. Oh, yeah, the guys detonate the tunnel. (laughs) So they can't leave, and then the guy's like, there's a gorge on one side. Oh, no. So there's a gorge that leads over to the other side of the tunnel. And the guy's like giving this really dramatic speech. That's like the best part, is how dramatic his speech is before he takes off on his moped. And the guy's just like, the smart guy's just like, I hope he's got enough speed. And it's like, you know, making calculations. <laughs> and Hoary Girl's dead, where she yeah. belongs. No, just kidding. But uh, he goes for the gorge jump. Oh. And that fucking force field that you were introduced oh, to earlier, no. he looks like he's going to clear it, dude. And then he's like fucking at the apex of his trajectory. Boof! boof. Just fucking <laughs> looks like he <laughs> rolls down. Like yeah. those, like... Basically, you know those sticky things you throw on the wall and then they flop down? The little things you get out Do of that like fast motion. Oh, yeah, he, no. he, he seriously uh, quarter-machined that, down the, the wall mo- there. We were like, we were watching it and we are just like, that motherfucker's dead. There's yeah, no way he's not dead. But in like the dead. most hilarious laugh-out-loud death of yeah. the whole film. That was awesome. That was hilarious. But uh, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of standard horror fare in there. And then... I mean, I really, I feel like we covered all the funny, the good stuff. You, you meet a lot more of the fucking staff in the, in the, in the white room, mm-hmm. yeah. the control room, if you will. And then they go on, and they're hinting that there's some sort of massive thing, some impending failure, some impending doom that should happen if they, if they should fail. Mm-hmm. So they're hinting that whatever is happening has to happen. That's why they're so obsessed with not letting these guys get out of here. They detonate that tunnel and shit. So they're doing that. And then you you meet them again when the stoner has discovered underneath the grave, for whatever reason. I don't know why he was digging in the grave. Because he got pulled into it. Did he get yanked in? Yeah, no, he got yanked in. And remember the blood sprayed up because he fucking grabbed the trowel or whatever and chopped the zombie guy up. And then it pulled him under because the elevator went down. Because they oh, thought, okay, the, yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, he's dead, so the zombie can go home. That's right. The they were going to take the guy back out of the scene. But the guy discovers the elevator, and then through another series of events, one of the other characters finds him. And he's all fucking, you know, at this time, he's been so traumatized by this whole experience <laughs> that he's badass. And he, like, takes her down, and he's like, I found this. <laughs> they go down in the elevator, and they meet. They're in the creature room, they find out. Oh, yeah. So this elevator, I guess, is able to go through this gigantic room full of what end up being clear plexiglass glass cages for all these fucking ancient horrors. <laughs> Werewolf, uh, the Hellraiser-esque guy who looks like Pinhead, except he has buzzsaws. Um, he has buzzsaws. In there's, the, there's this girl. <laughs> buzzsaw blades, that is. There's a girl running around in a tutu, and her face is just like a lamprey mouth. Yeah, it's oh, just teeth. God. There's the teeth. Giant Anaconda, there's Evil Clown, um, Werewolf, as I said before. Um, there's the Killbot. Killbot, the spider thing. Killbot, it was like yeah. it was a yellow spider robot covered in blades right, and shit. Yeah. They should have sent Killbot. That would have been yeah. a good movie. And, of course, the Unicorn. Yeah, there's a Unicorn. 
Not like a creepy looking unicorn. It, it looks like normal. It looks like a normal unicorn. Yeah, normal unicorn. Normal unicorn. But they ride that elevator, and the elevator, I guess, just passes through all this shit on its way to get to the ultimate. They're at the control room, essentially. Mm -hmm. And they send this fucking... Uh, there's basically a SWAT team waiting for them. They're like, you can't fucking escape the thing. <laughs> you have to die. Like, the guy's literally just like, if you, like, I'll just shoot you in the head with a gun. <laughs> like, you don't have to die ceremoniously. You just have to die. And they're like, what the, what the fuck? No. And so they're, they somehow break into the thing. Yeah. They get into this room and find somehow a master switch that opens all the fucking cages. Oh, God. And then in the culmination, in the climax of the film, which ends up being like four, like 30 minutes yeah, at least. it's pretty you, long. You both learn what the real purpose of it was, and they release all the fucking monsters into the complex. In the SWAT team. Like, literally, the, the SWAT team staying there where all the elevator banks are, and they go, ding, and they're like, oh. And then it opens. All and six doors open. And fucking Holy everything, crap. like the... Giant anaconda starts killing people. The fucking killbots start stabbing people. There's these creepy psychopaths who just walk around in suits with like paper bags on their heads. And it shows monitor footage of the SWAT team getting killed. And there's literally yeah, there a scene the control where room's watching this yeah, too. They're literally just tied up, and those psychopath people are walking around with gas cans, just yeah, pouring it on pouring them. Pouring gas, <laughs> so badass, dude. The that, unicorn. Was I think hilarious. what took me to the must-watch level was I read a Crack.com list that was like seven best scenes of 2012 so far and that was like number two was wow. all the creatures getting out man and, I, and i'll be goddamned if they weren't right that that's worth it yeah what was what was the list like what was number one ah dude i couldn't even tell you i was literally so attracted to this idea of a guy getting gored to death by a unicorn which yeah. happens <laughs> that I had to go watch that over all that, the others. I think it was it might have been because I had seen the others already. Yeah, I think there true. was a there was an Avengers scene in there. Oh, it was probably the <laughs> where the Hulk punch. punches. I think or, it was, I think it might have been the one where he's just fucking bashing Loki around. That's a good one too. It's another Joss Whedon film, by the way. Yeah, Joss Whedon's fucking blew up, man. Yeah, man, like, he took over cinema, two thousand twelve. Yeah. Like, he did Firefly, and everyone's like, eh. But a bunch of people were like, fucking Firefly, man. Like me, I'm a huge Firefly fan. I don't think he gets cult audiences. That's like, what he does. I don't even think a bunch of people went, eh. I think it was, because Firefly was originally on Fox, right? And right, Fox that has, like, out of the gate. Yeah, like, Fox has the most horrible, like, track record of having really awesome shows. And just for whatever reason, just being like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this cancel. Yeah, they almost drop it without viewer consent. They don't care that it's doing well or bad. They just kind of throw it. Like, perfect example would be Futurama. Futurama was, like, wildly popular. And they're just like, you know what? Fuck this. And then, right, yeah. and then I feel like Comedy thought, Central picks it up. They thought they were dealing with a Simpsons clone or something. Yeah. I mean, which in some in an arguable way they were. But. Yeah, very arguable, yeah. yeah. But it's... it's but in a lot of ways, it is. Yeah, Futurama is yeah. very in a good different way. humor than The Simpsons. Like it's the same sort of animation style, but honestly, Futurama can get away with stuff more than The Simpsons. Like The Simpsons now are trying to get away with it. They're like, oh, let's retcon everything, which sucks. I'm sorry, but when they're like, yeah, you know, Bart, you actually weren't born in the '80s or yeah, the '80s like we thought. Now you're born in the '90s and. Homer was a grunge star. They that was done, dumb. They have done a yeah. lot of backtracking yeah. to try and write new origins. I, for I those love characters. how they did it. Like the one you're talking about, the grunge star, they just up and changed the story of how Homer and Marge met or yeah. something. Right, which is the third iteration, I think, of that story. Yeah. There's already been two. It's, yeah. it's, it's dumb. It's uh, just. Like Simpsons, honestly, isn't worth, worth yeah. watching anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have ended 12 seasons ago. 
they're it's on, season like on, they're on season 12. 97. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should have ended 12. You're like, I, I think it would have been better as an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Groening should have just put it away at the when he when he drew it. No, he should have put it away and then should have put a bullet in his head. Oh, that's that's a little dark. I'm sorry, little, Matt yeah, Groening. That was not Groening. Right? I was want to yeah. call him Groening. Groening, whatever. That's how they addressed him at the end of all the Halloween episodes. I Groening, do not honestly. Matt Groening, because everybody got cool names at oh, the Halloween yeah. ones. All right, all right. I'm, let me re- reiterate that. I don't want him to kill himself in any way because he's made an amazing show. It's just become shit now. I want him to lightly punch himself on the nose. Like, like past him should do that? No, and right now. Right now, him. Just like be he like, should just hit himself. Hit himself in the mouth. Yeah. Just be like, ow. Just like sort of that'll like, That'll learn him. That'll learn him. won't wreck things. Yeah. He's done other cool stuff. That he does. In Futurama, I think him and Mike Judge did uh, King of the Hill. Yeah, I think he was involved in that. Futurama, where cyborgs shoot your mama. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a good chorus. Yeah, that was a song good... we listened to yesterday. Yeah, it was nonfiction. <laughs> really good rap group. It's Ill Bill's first group. Ill Bill. Love Ill Bill. All right. We were talking about movies, though. I think I yeah. wanted to... <laughs> well, probably the last thing we talk about for today, but I wanted to ask, on the subject of films, I mentioned that Maddie is a filmmaker. I wanted to ask you about your capstone Film, right. which is a short film that he's going to be filming, actually yeah. here in this house. I mean, one in, of this, in this lounge studio. <laughs> yeah, in this actually, one of the locations, obviously. Yeah, literally everyone in this room is involved. Yeah, the listeners. I might be. Yeah. Listeners are not involved, and I actually, honestly, I mean, as long as you've been talking about this, and as long as I've known you to be working on this project, I'm still not sure about the synopsis of the plot of this film. All right, the synopsis of this plot is there's a paranormal investigator named Henry Jackson. His original name was Henry O. Gunderson. Or Henry G. Henry, no. No, it was Henry O. Gunderson, because I wanted both, to... Both phenomenal names, man. Yeah. <laughs> Gunderson was during the first draft of the script. I thought I'd be cute and witty by having his initials be H-O-G, as in, like, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Which is basically that thing we all know so well. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say. I mean, if that if I'm supposed to know what that is, that is just <laughs> right over my. I can head. hear that it's, go over our heads. Basically, yeah. it's the it's the organ one of the organizations, Alistair Crowley, who's a famous British occultist in during World War One. A World famous II. subject of Aussie songs. Yes, yes, <laughs> Mister Crowley. But um, basically, I tried doing that because I'm like, I'm gonna be witty, and then I thought about it. I'm like. Nobody fucking knows about that shit except for me. We just basically, demoed that yeah, on you. Yeah. Yeah. Basically would have just gotten that, what we just did on a much larger scale. Yes. So it's Henry wishing. Jackson now. Because okay. that's a, that was a name I came up with. But basically the storyline is Henry Jackson is a brand new paranormal investigator. And he's trying to get a job. And he's just sitting around. Because honestly, how much work did paranormal investigators get? I saw a ghost. Well, if you work for the Travel Channel, you probably get like a yeah, lot. Yeah, dude, mm. one guy could be on five shows. Yeah. Well, he's new, and he doesn't have the Ghost Hunters connection. Or the muscles. Or the muscles. He's not right. Ghost Bros, or whatever <laughs> they're called. You can't punch ghosts. Yeah, you can't bench press a ghost. Be like, ghost pops out. <laughs> ghosts no, are pretty light. <laughs> Dirty, yeah. Oh, so ripped. So many ghost ups. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that'd make Ghostbusters a lot better. They're literal Ghostbusters. They don't use the entrapment thing. They just bully the ghosts until they go in the box. <laughs> they just grab it and start tweaking, like giving it a noogie. Get in the box! Nerds. I don't want to. I'd rather hot things. Ugh, pink belly! Not today. 
But anyway, so it's Henry Jackson, and he gets a call from this mysterious person who basically is telling him that he wants him to locate an item. So he goes, do you want plot or synopsis? I mean, however much you feel like detailing. If, if mm. you feel like this should still be under wraps until it's, until it's revealed, then don't, don't tell me what you don't want to. Yeah. You can go brief synopsis or right, you can go I'll detailed go. line by line. Yeah. I'm going to go brief synopsis because honestly yeah, the, the take whole... take the magic on, out of the screening. Yeah. The whole under wraps thing, honestly, it's a short film and I, I don't know how it's going to turn out. It might be an amazing thing, but honestly, it's probably going to be a student film. This is on my part, not my crew. I trust my crew, but certainly, yeah. I'm not expecting like can like can film festival right. where a bunch of European art directors are watching it and with tears in their eyes and boners sure, yeah. in their pants. I don't want to say <laughs> nobody's expecting that, but it's funny you use the word mm. student film to describe it, like as if student film is a is a caliber of quality. Well, I'm just saying, student film. There's a certain. I agree. There is there is a connotation that goes with yeah. that. Yeah. It just sounds like, well, what I was going to say is like, usually you say student film, the first thing you think of is like a woman in black and white running through the forest looking really distressed, yeah, sure, yeah. and then it's over. Rich, yeah. I swear to God, you have to be a film producer, because this CSUMB tat department, I've seen at least two. You're probably going to have to bleep that. that. You're we're famous get, for that film you just described. You were, we're going to get so sued now, because you said CSUMB. Oh yeah, yeah no, we're right. gonna have to scrap this whole uh, this episode. Whole episode zero, more like episode double zero. Yeah, Just double zero seven. That's fine. All right. Anyways, uh, anyways, so uh, State University, State, State University, State U, the State great school U. at which we attend class classes in the subject <laughs> of academia. I major in filming. Right, generic filming. Right. As do I. I major in uh, major selecting. I'm not very good at it, obviously. <laughs> and Rich is a professor of learnology. Yeah, I think was his science of his science of trade. Honestly, learnology sounds like a class that they'd have people join that was actually related to MK Ultra. So they basically have people come in. It's like, welcome to Learnology. Have this drink. Oh boy, that's LSD. We're gonna watch you now. <laughs> We're gonna write about you. Do you feel weird? Are you a goat? Have you learned anything? Have you? Did you accidentally learn anything? Did you don learn? Did, did you don any learn? Did you don learning caps? So so plot. Yeah. Right. All right. So basically, he gets asked to acquire an item, and he first asks. He says, "I'm not a." I'm not in the item dealing business. I'm not in the acquisition yeah. business. <laughs> I'm a paranormal investigator. I don't grab things. And he's like, and the voice is like, I will give you monetary compensation. And then he's like, all right, I'll check you into my schedule. And one of the lines that apparently was really popular among the script The proofreading review, crowd. <laughs> the proofreading crowd was, I have checked your schedule, and the only thing I've seen in your schedule is a distinct lack of scheduling. Oh, that is good. That is good. I like yeah. that. But um, I can see why the proofreading crowd would be <laughs> appeased. Yes, but uh, he gets sent out, and leave it at that. If you want a copy, hilarity ensues. Yeah, it'll be. Oh, uh, uh, okay. I see what you did there. Yeah, I'm cliff hung. Cliff now hung. you have to well, have a copy. You're gonna do the soundtrack, so it's not like it's gonna be a secret for you. Yeah, but I'll be doing that in mystery. 
Maybe that'll be just the, I told you to give me a time and a feel. It'll just be yeah. mystery. That's the whole feel. <laughs> then I'm going to get like some sort of funky New Orleans jazz dance <laughs> band. It's like the guy running through a forest or something. It's just like... <laughs> that's, not, that's not how I feel about mystery. I was just going to give you a loop of the X-Files theme a hundred times. Or it could just be like Scooby-Doo music. Scooby-Doo-Doo. Oh, like the music Where music. are you? Not like the sound effects of Shaggy running in place. Well, I mean, that, that might work as well. I mean, so you're gonna, Is there going to be any scenes of people running in place for 25 minutes? No. Oh, okay. Okay, that's... Okay, so maybe it wouldn't work. Probably no. won't get sued by Hannah Barbera. Yeah, no. yeah. Hannah or Barbera. Two people, by the way. <laughs> Didn't know that till a couple of weeks ago. Hannah I think Bar- I was an awful child. Hannah just sounds like the woman in charge, and Barbera sounds honestly like a Viking king sent through time to Barbara? Just... <laughs> Barbera. Barbara. It's ba- like... The Barbarians. What was it? It was <laughs> Jacob, or it was Jacob and Tyler. And then Jack, was... Jack, Ob, and, Ob Tyler. and Tyler. Yeah. That's Jack. Two Jack. insider. That is yeah. two insider. Yeah, a little, little too deep. It's no. That's funny no for place. us, not yeah. funny for the masses. Anyone, really. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. I appreciate that you were willing to tell us anything about it. That's already more than I knew before. Yeah. I learned a character's name. I learned. Yeah. An, I learned an alternate first iteration Title. of the name. Yes. That's cool. I feel like this is a DVD extra already. Yes. Yeah, the only thing I knew about the game, or game, the only thing I knew about the movie was the the nerdy guy parts. Because like, you were going to be him. Yeah, I was supposed to be the, the, like, he doesn't even have a name. And may still be, I mean. Yeah, could be. It's all, it's all contingent on scheduling things, which I yeah. know yeah. your film is, is about. Scheduling yeah. difficulties. Yeah, that, that's actually my film. It's a meta film. It's the scheduling conflict and horror of making a horror film. Right. Yeah. The the down the pitfalls mm-hmm. of learning how to when to do things. Yeah. Like, so if you were gonna look it up in like a blockbuster, if those existed anymore, where uh, you would just go under horror and scheduling, horror <laughs> slash scheduling. Yeah. Somewhere between the H and S sections. Yeah. Right next to um. It's it's a really popular German horror movie. It's called uh, A Bus Too Late. <laughs> Where a bus is, uh, I believe, two minutes late. And just, just filming of German... Actually, it's Swiss. Swiss and Germans just standing at a line. And you see them checking their watches. And there's a really... Compulsively. Point, just compulsively. On the second. There's getting a more and more horrified. Scene. It's sort of like The Mist. Where there's a man sitting in the booth. And his family is waiting. And he shoots them all to spare them the horror of not getting a bus. <laughs> and then out of the mist, the bus pulls up, and he's standing there with his dead family, right. screaming. And what does he? What I mean, does he just does he take his own life at that point? What he, actually, he's out is of he bullets. He disgraced by what he's done, or is he? Does he just get on the bus and carry about his day? He's out of bullets, and then he doesn't have exact change. The so bu- he just <laughs> has to uh, sit dear. there. <laughs> the whole sequel is him trying desperately to tr- convince the bus driver that he can run into this Seven Eleven real quick and yeah. buy a Slim Jim. Give me thirty seconds. And the, and, the, and the bus driver's not into it. Yeah, well, it's Swiss people. Have you ever have you ever been to Switzerland? He's like, I'm already two minutes late. Can you mm. imagine how much chaos is happening at the future stops? <laughs> I have to say, like, I was in when I was in Switzerland at a Burger King. They literally had a 
It was a what was it? It was a no, um, a number code pad. What do they call a quarter pound over there? They call it Royale with cheese? No, they call it fucking expensive. Is what they call it. <laughs> they call it seven fifty nine. Actually, thirteen euros. Is that that? Which is a lot of money. Yeah. That's roughly about seventeen bucks. Holy why? For a Whopper meal because our, it's our Switzerland. Our cow's fucking made of silk and gold. There. It's Switzerland. They have Swiss banks. They love money. So there, is there is there just like massive inflation countrywide there? I don't know. I think. I mean, just, I wouldn't. And it's not actually inflation either. It's yeah. just high cost. Just high cost. cost of living is insane. high cost. No, in Switzerland is very high cost of living. But the bathroom had a number code to get into the bathroom. Interesting. Okay. In a Burger King. In a and then you had to pay like eight bucks to get in the bathroom. No, like literally, I went up. I'm like, hi. Uh, what's the bathroom code? They're like six four seven nine, and I'm like, all right, go back. I'm back. Sorry, we changed it. 6474. <laughs> Going to the bathroom. And this is the first time I've ever encountered, um, you know those Dyson Airblade hand dryers that are like the yellow ones? Sort of. I'm familiar with hand dryers yeah. that are powered by air. But yes. it's they're these yellow ones that are super high powered. Oh, God. So they blow all like the water. Like borderline jetpacks tied to a wall? Yes, literally. Yeah. First time I encountered one. So I see it. I'm like, this must be some newfangled European thing. I stick my finger in it. Oh. Promptly, a wind demon from the seventh <laughs> level of Asian hell, Japanese specifically, fucking rips its way out and proceeds to try its best to tear every follicle of hair out of my hand. But did it did it dry your hands? I have never had drier hands, <laughs> ever. It actually took existing moisture yeah. out of your hands. I was worried of keeping my hands that long or else they'd find me like in the mummy when he sucks out the fluid of people to yeah, gain yeah, strength. Yeah. That would happen. You just get you get mummified. Yes, they'd find me going. Dude, the Swiss are fucked up. Wait, are. the mummy sucks people's fluid out, well, or is this some like mummy yeah, themed porno you watched? <laughs> Both, <laughs> but um, <laughs> mummy, the fluid sucker. <laughs> that honestly sounds like a really creepy British porno. It's probably been done like eight times by yeah. now. Yeah, I'm, I mean, there's the there will porn parody anything. Yeah. If there's pterodactyl porn and Edward Penis Hands, there's probably a Edward mummy. Edward Penis Hands. On that note, on Edward Penis Hands. As I, good I, a note as any. I, yeah, right? That's a that's the mm. crescendo penis hands I've ever said. <laughs> but uh, I think I'll call it. I think I'll call episode episode zero. Episode alpha. Time wave zero. Time wave zero alpha episode. Zero one. Episode double zero if we have to scratch it. Yes. Because of Maddie's just incessant uh, infringement. <laughs> really but uh yeah yeah i mean i've been zach coffee i've been matthew motas i've been rich smith they have been i've seen them i've seen them do it i've seen them both be those things pretty good at it uh but we'll hopefully see you next week subtle touch cuddle clutch is this thing on like the fling with mrs king kong this spring gone sing a song of slap happy crappiness he came to blow like it was strapped to his nappy chest surely i just the best one